listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Testing all of my uh, my knowledge of this studio today with what you've got set up. How are you, my friend? I'm doing okay. I'm just a little nervous about how this is going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen here. So, so here's the deal. I'm going to explain it to everybody. This is Windy City Slam. We broadcast from my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago. My name's Chris. That's Mike over there. And today, Steve Tortorello is supposed to be joining us. Now, this is the guy that runs Warrior Wrestling, correct? And he's been on the show before. And Steve was supposed to jump on the app live, which you can do. Any one of you could jump into the live chat room. Any one of you can hit the call-in button if you want to jump in and talk with us during the show. But you have to have earphones for your device, your iPad, your Android, your iPhone, whatever. You have to have the earbuds because Podbean won't let you use it otherwise to try to knock out echoes. It's something the system does. It's not something we do. So the plan was then at the last minute when we realized that might not work out because Steve didn't have his on him, was that we were like, okay, we'll record him before the show starts. But that has not worked out. So I have everything hooked up here. I believe I'll be able to pump our studio line into the live show. I've never done this before. Either A, we will do a show, we will go to Steve, and you won't hear him. And that's fine. Just bear with us. You're going to get to hear the entire thing perfectly put together in post-production on the on-demand show available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. We're hopefully going to have the live audio for you, but if not, you'll get to hear everything else. You'll have a little awkwardness when it doesn't work, but don't worry about it. You'll get to hear the whole interview when it comes out on demand later on today. Did I knock all that down for you, Michael? I think that's pretty, uh, as, as well as you could explain you, it. You were sitting there, and you were like, I don't know how to explain it. So I'm like, don't worry, I got this. I got this, I'll explain You're it. You're the radio guy. <laughs> Not anymore. I don't even want to be a radio guy anymore. I look at what's going on Close in radio enough. these days. I mean, everybody's so damn negative. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so negative in radio. Like, And you know what's been inserted into it is politics is in everything, even in sports. Like we were talking about before we came on the air, Major League Baseball. You get a team that tests positive for some COVID, okay, fine. They have a backup plan. They have extra guys on their rosters. They've got guys that are off at different sites just in case there's an outbreak on a team. They've got protocols in place, and everybody's immediately like, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. And (laughs) it's crazy to me, and that's another thing you could see happen in wrestling, but Vince McMahon made things go on. He just figured out what he was going to do. AEW did the exact same thing. I think Major League Baseball do the same thing. But uh, that's why I like being a podcaster, so we can be honest about these kind of things with each other. So I see you over there working diligently. I believe that you're talking to the guest right now. Is that correct, Michael? Uh, I see there's a Warrior Wrestling Promotions on our uh Okay, chat maybe room. he's able to call so. in. So if he's able to, Steve can go and hit the call-in button. If it doesn't let him do it because he doesn't have the right earbuds or something like that, then he can call that number that you sent him in the text, and we'll see if we can put him through. In the meantime... Give me your take on what's going on right now locally here in Chicago with the wrestling. Just break it down for me. Yeah, real quick, we got a couple of notes. And uh, local interest, it's kind of national slash local thing that we're going to start with this week. 
AEW uh, Dynamite, not Dark, but Dynamite will have a match Wednesday night where we see Cody Rhodes. He sees had his open challenges for the TNT Championship. He is going to face Warhorse, and that's this guy we've mentioned on our show before. He's a St. Louis native. He's wrestled a lot in the Midwest, and in the area, he's wrestled for Black Label Pro, which is uh, an organization uh, that runs out of Crown Point, Indiana, under Mikey Blanton. And he was also on one of the recent Warrior Wrestling shows, and he'll be back at Warrior Wrestling Friday Night Lights as well. So obviously, we can talk to Steve once we get him. All on right, the well, air. we're going to see if this works. Okay. okay, so here we go. I'm going to bring him up here. Uh, give me one second. I got to hit a button now okay. and see if the thing works. All right, Steve, are you there? I am on the line. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Mike can hear you. Yes. We do not know if the live audience can hear you. We're going to find that out when this is all over. But you'll be on the On Demand yes. show one way or another. How are you, my friend? I am great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I apologize for difficulty getting on. I actually don't have the, the Apple plug-in headphones. So the, the call-in option worked perfectly. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have my headphones either. I mean, they give them to you, and then you lose them. Or your 14-year-old daughter steals them from you, and you never see them again. So <laughs> I, I, I completely understand what you're going through. All right, so Warrior Wrestling... You guys are, are living in this world that everybody else is living in, trying to figure out how you're going to do promotions, how you're still going to do shows, how you're going to do it in the in the safest way. My theory that I've told Mike is this. Uh, you spread things out. You, you do everything you possibly can to have fresh air and outdoors or whatever you're going to do. But however you put the thing together, even if you have less seating, people are so starved for entertainment right now. Those that are willing to go out will probably even pay a premium and go higher on the ticket price to make up for some of the losses because you can't get as many people in the door. How is Warrior approaching all of this? Great question. So that, that is one of the discussion points we've had internally for several months is that wrestling is the draw. As much as we, we and we've got some big names on the show, in fact, one more we're announcing later tonight, but the wrestling is the draw. We could have had me versus you on the show. We could have sold 50 tickets. And not that you and I are going to do anything interesting, but people are starved, as you said, for action. They're starved for wrestling. They're starved for being a part of something. And so we actually went the opposite route. We went with lower ticket prices because, specifically, we had the economic drought in mind. And we think you know a lot of our audience is local. A lot of people are working. A lot of people are out of work right now. So instead of doing usually our, our ringside seats or 100 bucks, and then at 75, 60, and 30 for the bleachers, we did two price points 45 for field seats and 30 for the bleachers and around the stadium. So that way, um, because there is no true front row, everybody's going to be a little bit further back, etc. We wanted it to be affordable and, and worth the value of what you're getting. And so far, we've found uh, we've sold, gosh, I have to check what it is today, but probably up near 200 tickets already, and we're still a little under two weeks out from the show. Um, so we're anticipating three, 400 people which would be huge and not, compared to a normal warrior show. We're usually doing eight, but we plan for this one to be pretty small. And um, with those people who really felt safe and felt like they just needed, you know, a, a jolt of wrestling into their life. So we're taking precautions. We lowered ticket prices. And, and again, like you said, I think people just want to be at a wrestling show again. So we think it's going to be a blast. We have Steve Tortorello on the line with us right now on the Windy City Slam podcast. And we're talking about the Warrior Wrestling Friday Night Light Show. It'll be Friday night, 
August the 7th, it will be an outdoor show, as Steve was just saying, rather than indoors. It'll be at Dave Matteo Field. That's the football stadium on the campus of Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. What are you doing with your meet and greets? How, how are you guys handling that? Because I know that you're going to be doing uh, meet and greets, but there's a special way you're doing them. Great question. So there's a special way we're doing it that we've announced and another one that I'll announce here as well. So first of all, we're doing a much smaller meet and greet than normal. Normally we do between 200 and 250 people. It's all in the small gym in the school. Everybody's packed in. Obviously we can't do that. We're limiting it to 80 tickets and we're going to have everybody in two groups of 40 and you'll be social distance even within those groups. Masks on and everything. You cannot come within six feet of somebody. You can go up to a table, talk to a wrestler, set down an item, have them sign it, buy something, etc. But we just ask when you're taking a picture that you do not come within six feet. So you can be in front of them, next to them, etc. But no getting too close into their personal space. I told Mike this is great because there'll be no more creepy arms on the female wrestlers. Like they're never going to want right. to do meet. They're going to be like, you know what? This is how meet and greet should always be. You stay over there. Yeah. Taking a shower in three days. Stop trying to hug me. That's what I think it's going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are definitely some creepers who show up to meet the ladies, and, and you've always got to have an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that we're doing too, in addition to that, is we're going to be do, uh, doing a live stream and offering the option where someone can buy a an autograph from a wrestler while they talk to them. So maybe the live stream is on Brian Cage, and you ask him a question. You're Brian, tell us about you know, hanging out with Taz or something. Brian answers your question, signs an autograph for you. You Venmo us, we send you the autograph. So if you're unable to come in person or want to participate from Seattle, Washington, you can do that now. So that's another different wrinkle that we're going to be rolling out in the coming days. So that's kind of a cool little feature you guys are doing now. Um, not only that f- if fans locally can't make it, but you have like national or even international fans that can get in on the fun as well. Kind of a cool little concept. Yeah, and you know, I have to give credit where credit is due. We, we stole it from a, a convention promotion in New Jersey where um, Matt Calicchio, who helps us out backstage with Warrior Shows, works with them as well. And you know, Matt had, had mentioned the concept to me, and I said, Matt, that's brilliant. We're going to take it. So credit where credit is due, thanks to Matt Calicchio. Brian Pillman Jr., who became the Warrior Wrestling Champion at Warrior Wrestling 8 in the War of Attrition match, he makes his first title defense against a guy we've been talking up and down about the last several weeks on this show Robert Ego Anthony, uh, tell me a little bit about how that match came together. They've actually been linked together on Warrior Wrestling shows for over a year and a half. They had a three-show-long feud in the winter to spring of 2019 where they were in a free-for-all match, which is kind of like a Royal Rumble elimination-type match, where they started out, they were the first two guys, and then they were the last two guys, and Frank the Clown interfered to cheat so that Robert Ego Anthony could win, and this was at Warrior 3 in January of 19. So then they had a singles match at Warrior 4 in March of 19, and again, Frank the Clown interfered so that Ego could win. So then they had a hair versus clown match at Warrior 5 in May of 19, where if Pillman lost, they were going to shave his mullet, and if Pillman won, he got five minutes alone with the clown, and sure enough, he won the match and got to take out Frank the Clown. Well, interestingly enough, after that, their two paths diverged. Pillman lost at Warrior 6 in a tag match. He lost at Warrior 7 to Lance Archer. He lost at Warrior 8 to Bully Ray before getting his chance at the end of Warrior 8 in the War of Attrition and winning the title. Whereas Robert Ego Anthony won beating WWE's Jake Atlas. He won beating the sensational war horse you were talking about a moment ago. And so even though Pillman beat Ego in May, Ego's been nothing but doing nothing but winning ever since. 
Tillman's been doing nothing but losing until he scored the title. So now Ego feels like he deserves a shot at the title, and especially given his work on Dark all summer, we agree fully. And so now uh, Tillman's first title defense is going to be against essentially his arch nemesis from Warrior Wrestling, Robert Ego Anthony, who's doing the best job that he has in his career. So it'll be interesting to see, can Tillman beat him one more time? So I wanted to follow up real quick on what you just said about Robert Ego Anthony. Because we've noticed him on AEW Dark, like a lot. And here's a guy that, you know, you you probably have a lot of access. Hey, you want to come do a show? You work it out with him. You've worked with him before. But have you ever run into an instance where, or do you worry about this with a guy like him, who now is starting to get more attention and possibly AEW seems to really, really like him? Have you ever run into something where eventually a guy who you normally work with or a gal that you normally work with all of a sudden becomes much harder to to book with Warrior Wrestling because their career starts taking off in another direction? Because he looks like he's on the cusp of like taking another step. I I know he's a little bit older. I know he's still a school teacher and it's a shoot job. But I mean, like, how, how does do you ever worry about that? All of a sudden you'll have a hard time getting a hold of a guy like him to come in, even though it's been easy, probably or a lot easier for you over the last couple of years. You know what, for us, we don't worry because that would be the best problem to have. If Rob, and, and you know, peeling back the curtain on evil Robert Anthony and, and, and ridiculous Frank the Clown, if Rob got a deal with AEW, we'd be the happiest people in the room. And so, um, and actually what we found with AEW is that they're incredibly willing to work with us. I mean, we've got Brian Cage, we've got Lance Archer, we're going to announce somebody else a little bit later. Um, it's WWE where things become exclusive. So when, so for example, DJ Z was on all of our shows for a while, and then he signed the WWE deal and he disappeared into the WWE world. And so that that's the one that that hurts us, so to speak. But then again, the upside is one of our guys just got a WWE deal. So or girls. So um, we're not worried, but if we we prefer them to sign with AEW or Impact, then we can keep working together. So you just dropped another hint about the potential final match announcement coming up. Um, you wouldn't be willing to break news today, would you? I would love for you guys to break news. As we told uh, the world last night and this morning, we have one more announcement, and that announcement is something bad because that announcement is Jake something Impact Wrestling's cousin Jake and former AAW Heritage Champion here in Chicago versus the bad boy himself, Joey Janela, is making his Warrior Wrestling debut. I nailed it. I he's mean, so, I, he's so excited right I, now. I, like he's pounding his fist on the bar. <laughs> he's so excited yeah. right now. It's like watching a kid at Christmas. I've I, I I've never seen a reaction like this out of Mike. <laughs> I nailed it. Great great hint. You by know, the way, Joey yeah. is one of those guys <laughs> that we, we pride ourselves on booking guys and girls who are incredibly talented and incredibly hungry. Joey Janela has something to prove. Jake something has something to prove. And they're going to get the chance to do it against each other. You know, spoiler alert, this might steal the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped about this. I, I, I mean, Jake something's a guy I've heard a lot of good stuff about. We've seen him on Impact. AAW is the, the company he works with locally. And obviously, Joey Janela, his, his stock has risen so much in AEW now uh, he, from his feud with um, Kip Sabian and then some of the other stuff he's been doing with Sonny Kiss lately. Uh, he's a guy on the rise as well. So I'm very, very excited about this match. And thank you for breaking that news on today's Windy City Slam podcast, Steve. You're very welcome. You know, we, we, Mike, we love you. I love working with you and, and happy to, to, to drop a bomb here on the podcast. 
Appreciate it. Hey, Steve, any any crossover in how you're planning for events and how you're also planning for a school year over at Marian Catholic? I mean, I would think that you're learning things about what you possibly could do when the school year starts off or vice versa because of the fact you're also promoting warrior wrestling. It, it, any crossover right now happening with that? You know, the closest crossover is with our outdoor graduation event that we're doing tomorrow night. Basically, they're following the same model. They are both uh, contact-free, crowding-free, using the space in the stadium. Uh, We're both following the governor's guidance for uh, outdoor seated spectator events. So it's most closely uh, resembling our graduation ceremony, which we're doing tomorrow night. Actual school, that's a whole other ball of wax, and that's been crazy. But this event and graduation, we kind of developed in tandem. So, uh, Mike, we got big breaking news. We're, we're, we're happy, excited about that. We know all about the event that is coming up. We're, we're pumped up about that. Anything else you want to hit Steve with before I, before I let him go? I mean, you're over there right now bouncing on your stool. Why is this match so exciting to you, Mike? Tell me. I'm just glad that we got to break some news. I mean, this is really, really cool that Steve uh, went ahead and did that for us here at Windy City Slam. We really, really appreciate it. Now we got to, like, pump this up to death once the um, – the podcast comes out later this afternoon. Steve, before you take off, one more time, give everybody the details about the event coming up. You got it. It's Friday night, August the 7th, Friday Night Lights, here at Dave Matteo Field, as Mike said earlier, at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. Tickets and information up on warriorwrestling.net, including all of our safety guidelines and information. So what we're doing about masks, distancing, BYO, everything, et cetera, it's all on warriorwrestling.net. The card is up there as well. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Warrior Wrestling. Um, Rain date, if needed, would be the following Friday. That's also a piece of news that we're confirming with all of our talent. So God forbid we get a thunderstorm because who knows it's 2020. Um, We do a rain date the following Friday. Um, and the, the Janela something match will become public knowledge later tonight. So the first place anyone will hear it is on the podcast when it drops this afternoon. We're excited to share that with you guys. And we're just excited to see everybody again and watch some wrestling again. One more thing before I let you go, Steve. Um, I really, really like the fact that we have a lot more local talents on this show, especially with the 10-person Spartan Stadium Stampede Scramble, which was just announced this past weekend. I love this, some of the names that we were seeing on the, in that match as well. And that's where Warhorse will be coming in, too. Uh, we got Matt Nix, Elena Black, which I'm very excited about for her Warrior Wrestling debut, and a whole bunch of other folks that people are going to be really interested in. And now with the local talents, um, I know you guys had a lot of local st- guys, the first maybe three or four Warriors, and then you kind of got more and more national and international stars and maybe fewer local people. But I love the fact now, maybe it's out of necessity because of the virus and, and travel restrictions and stuff like that. Um, it, was it something that you, you wanted to try to, to go back to a little bit more? Was the local wrestler coming into the show? Great question. Um, yes and yes. So part of it was you know, virus-related and travel-related. And you know we only have four people flying in for the show. And there have been shows where we've flown in 21 wrestlers, which is insane. Um, so part of it is, is virus-related. But definitely part of it is, like you said, the, the purposeful focus on a more local, more Midwest flavor. And I think that's come uh, for a few different reasons. Number one, our goal is always to put on the best show possible. And the reality is that with the creation of AEW, a lot of that independent talent got kind of beamed up to AEW. And that caused WWE and Impact and Ring of Honor to go on signing sprees as well. So it's almost like a forest fire. When a forest fire comes through, you think, oh, no, all the trees are gone. But then all this new growth happens. 
And that's what we've seen in the independent wrestling scene over the last year, year and a half-ish. A lot of people left because they got beamed up to the big ships, but now there's all this new growth. And we're very lucky that so much of that growth is, is within driving distance of Chicago. So if you go up and down our card, you can go St. Louis, Ohio, Michigan, Chicago, Wisconsin, Missouri, downstate Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee. So many people are driving. Um, and so this really shows you, I think the Midwest is the epicenter for growing indie wrestling talent. And we are just lucky to be smack dab in the middle of it. So even if COVID wasn't happening, I think you'd be seeing a lot more local talent because we are living in the hotbed of indie wrestling talent. Awesome. Great. Thank you very much, Steve. Um, again, it's Friday Night Lights for Warrior Wrestling, Friday night, August the 7th. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more on next week's podcast. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you out at the matches in a week and a half or so. All right. Thanks, thank Steve. you, Steve. Bye-bye. There was a lot of information there. I found it very interesting what he's doing in comparison to, you know, with his with his shows. Then also he's also putting together things over at Marian Catholic because he's running things over there, yep. and, and he's got all this local talent coming. There's so much dissect inside of that interview, but we also only have probably about six, seven more minutes left of the show. So you have a lot of things you want to get to. So we're gonna let the interview lie where it is. Go for it, my man. Run through it. Okay, um, real quick, back to the local scene. We were talking about Warhorse. Obviously, you're going to see him Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite against Cody Rhodes, and then you could actually see him in person at, Chica- at in Chicago Heights at Marian Catholic High School, Dave Matteo Field. He'll be part of that 10-man or 10-person Spartan Stadium scramble. I say 10-person because there is one woman in that match. It's Elena Black, of course. So, yeah, so you'll be able to see Warhorse on... TV, and then you'll see him in person if you decide to go out to Warrior Wrestling Friday Night Lights, which I think is a really, really cool thing. Seems like a fun show. Yeah, and then one more local item of note for this weekend. Golly Lucha Libre will be running another live show over the internet. It's called Zona de Combate. Uh, Golly Lucha Libre champion Gringo Loco will headline that show. And you can buy a ticket online, which will give you 365-day access to watch that particular show. So go to Gali Lucha Libre, G-A-L-L-I, Lucha Libre on Facebook for more details on that show. And real quick, um, Chris and I were talking about it before the show. We're going to go a little bit more national now. Are we going to talk about that uh, travesty of, uh, of fake radio <laughs> that, I, that I, I saw the clip of yesterday when you sent it to me from the Pat McAfee show? Yeah, Pat McAfee, who also works with the NXT pre-show. So he is connected to WWE in a way, and he had former NXT champion, the 403-day reigning champ, who just recently lost to Keith Lee, Adam Cole, on his show. And they had like about a 15-minute interview, the first like 9, 10 minutes, um, you know, went kind of okay. I mean, McAfee was kind of poking the bear a little bit, and then um, he kept saying how Undisputed Era would help him continue his reign, and then uh, he brought up, he played the small card, which some people online have played with Adam Cole before, and that kind of set Cole over the edge. And now we both believe, by watching the video, 
that, okay, maybe there's a little bit more to this than just goofy kind of stage acting. It's a, it's definitely a setup and it's yeah. definitely not real. And I, and it, for anybody that doesn't understand, that's what it is. And that, that, what am I? What I want to make sure I'm using the right wrestling term. It was a shoot. Is that what I'm trying to say here? Uh, yeah, I get. I yeah, kind of a shoot, but you know, I think it could be a worked shoot, okay. as they say. Work shoot. But the the point of this is, the guys that are off to the side on the McAfee show, the four producers, their reactions are make it so clearly fake that it, it was something that was definitely scripted and planned ahead of time. But the thing that really indicates it to me as a radio veteran is that after a guy has stood up, sworn on your show, knocked over the microphone, and stormed out, he still has the presence of mind to make sure that he promos everything he's supposed to promo before the show ends, and he hits the ending perfectly, okay? Look, I'm telling you right now, if he was honestly in shock, he he wouldn't have remembered to do those things. Instead, he knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew how he was going to end the show. He had the whole thing planned. The, the, The push at the end of one of his producers or something like that, where he gets where there's like some physical contact, I've never seen somebody brace. So, I mean, so look, they would have done better if there was no video of it. If it was no video and it was just audio, it would have left some doubt in your mind. But watching what happened and then me as a radio vet listening to that thing at the end, that is clearly a pre-scripted, pre-planned thing that might lead to it. That's clearly part of a storyline. It's either a storyline for the show because the two of them are friends. He's like, hey, man, I need to add some heat to my show. Or it's a storyline for something that's happening on air. But it's definitely a storyline. I think it's something that could lead to a match in NXT. I think that'd be really cool. There were talks and reports a couple of years ago about McAfee becoming a professional wrestler. And he's actually had a little bit of training with a uh, a grizzled old veteran named Rip Rogers who had a hand in John Cena, who had a hand in Randy Orton and OVW, a little hand in Mark And he Henry. brought it up in the interview like he's yeah. trying to set up the stage. Yeah, Rip Rogers is a tough son of a gun. So if you bumped for Rip Rogers, you have you will have earned your stripes, even if it's just for a couple of days, which is, I think was end up with McAfee. But yeah, I can totally see them do it, playing up some sort of match, McAfee, Cole, maybe you see a little bit of the Undisputed Era coming around as well. Maybe McAfee recruits some of his old teammates with the Indianapolis Colts or something like that. Or, or just some other NFL guys. Right. I.e. Mean, Lawrence Taylor, Bam Bam Bigelow from about uh, 25 years ago. The punter thing that was used against McAfee, mm-hmm. that line was hysterical to me. Yeah. Like that was better than anything he threw out. But here's the thing about McAfee though. Yes, he was a punter. He was probably the most physical punter in the history of the NFL. He's still a punter. That guy... <laughs> It, there's actually like an eight or nine minute YouTube video right. of him making hits on guys. Totally, yeah, hitting it, guys that weren't expecting the punter to do anything. Yeah, like he surprised them. Yeah, but if they were bracing for it, I don't know how good he would have looked. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. He's yeah, a punter. You, you can say that. He's a punter. You can say that. All yeah. right, he's a punter. <laughs> he's a punter. That's what he is. Okay, and then uh, before we go, uh, I got to bring this up because I'm sure it's near and dear to your heart. SmackDown had a main event. This past Friday night, it was Sheamus against Jeff Hardy, and it was a bar fight. <laughs> I yeah, don't know if you had a chance to see that or not. I didn't see it. I don't know. I, some of the some of the gimmicks never do it for me. You know, I, they just don't. Some of the gimmicks just never do it for me. Bar fights never see. They, they've never done it for me as a wrestling fan. I don't like street fights either. I, th- I I'm not a big fan of those. I like the wrestling and the actual technicality of doing it and running around and throwing glasses at each other that are probably made out of that are probably those ones that are made out of sugar and water, but they're mm-hmm. hardened so that it doesn't actually cut anybody. Yeah, that that doesn't do it for me. Yeah, so basically they've been playing off Jeff Hardy's history of alcoholism and some of the demons he's had. Nothing, nothing says entertainment <laughs> like using somebody's alcoholism as a prop. Yeah. 
Yeehaw! Uh-huh. But it was a decent little brawl. That's some good shit right there. Good shit. <laughs> and the match ends. Um, basically, Sheamus beats him up. Looks like Jeff Hardy's out. Sheamus puts his little derby hat over his face. Right, okay? right, right. Match is over, right? Match, match is over. All of a sudden, a couple seconds later... Another... Jeff Hardy grabs a bottle of Jack Daniels, chugs <laughs> the entire thing like Popeye with spinach and kicks the crap out of him? Not quite. That would have been a good angle. But he gets up. All of a sudden, his face is now painted. He didn't have, like, all this face paint on before. Oh. So Jeff Hardy comes out with the face paint like that, like it's his, like it's his spinach, as you say. He comes out, beats the crap out of Sheamus, ends up pulling the ladder out, doing a swanton bomb in a bar onto Sheamus and gets the three count. So it's another one of those WWE exhibitions where, you know, they're trying to tr- do something a little different, you know, with the production and all that because of the whole COVID situation. Folks, remember, if you ever want to participate in Windy City Slam, we record live on Mondays at around noon. Uh, next week, are we doing it on a different day, though? Is that it correct? It will be next Tuesday. Tuesday at noon. At noon we'll yes. be doing it next week, but generally Mondays at noon. Then it comes out on demand all across the podcast universe on pretty much every app and also available at WindyCitySlam.com. If you want to participate, you can do it during the app in the live chat room or you can call in. That's allowable when we're recording from about noon until 1230 in the afternoon Central Time. But... You can call 247-365, the following number, 708-459-8406, 708-459-8406, or hit us up on social media and be a part of the show. That's Mike Pankow. My name is Chris Lanuti. You don't really care about that. That's the expert sitting over there. I'm just the guy that's steering the ship through the abyss. This is Windy City Slam, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Just screaming because my name...